Hey guys, it's just Meg here because Macy died. Um, well, at least she's dead to me because we didn't record an intro. So here's your intro, you fucking witches. Are you ready? background music for you guys oh shit make strong (laughs) (laughs) i also realized when i was editing the last episode five minutes ago (laughs) she just finished um and you guys are listening right now but also i that's so we did a second take on the recording and we Mm -hmm. did a second i did a second take on the editing what we want what we like to do here is make things as long and difficult as possible yes yeah perfect that's what we aim for. Long and difficult. Long and hard, baby. Long and, Long hard. and hard. That's how we like it. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. But also, we didn't put an outro in that. If you motherfucker, we literally went bye. <laughs> Fucking later. Okay. No long so- tangent. No long tangent. Hashtag no long tangents. <laughs> Hashtag shut the fuck up. Hashtag shut the fuck up. We're starting the episode. But follow us, please. Like and subscribe. And <coughs> oh, okay. I get it. I get it now. <laughs> I'm going to kill myself on air. Right now. <laughs> you won't. <laughs> you won't do it. <laughs> Fucking do it, Meg. And I, my first note is on 24th of 1979. I didn't even put a note. I didn't even put a month. On 24th of 1979. I don't do know what month, apparently. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, so Macy has not heard this one yet, and I forget yes. it. So this yeah. is this a is, ride that we're going to take together. The ride so. we'll never forget. <laughs> the ride of your life, <laughs> to be exact. So keep everything in the fucking ride, or else I'm going to kick you it's off. It's going to get cut off. Anyways. Whatever's outside the ride, is gonna it's get, off your body. It's going to get cut off, and you're going to fucking die. Anyways. <laughs> Good morning. This is waking up with Macy and Meg. <laughs> it's literally like 8 p.m. 38-year-old Lawrence and 31-year-old Roy. So went, old. Went for a trip down the coastline. Roy was driving and Lawrence opened, cracked open a beer. And Coors they went, Light, probably. <laughs> literally. And they went to the beach and they spent hours at the fucking beach. I think in the documentary it said they literally spent, oh, right here, 15 hours. And they spotted a blonde teenager. It took them 15 hours to 15 spot a blonde hours. in California. <laughs> I'm, why? I could hop over there right now and have one for you. I see minutes. one from here right now, <laughs> like literally. So she's on the sidewalk near Redondo Beach. Mm-hmm. This is 16 year old Cindy Schaefer. And she had just come from the pe- Presbyterian Church and was on the way to her grandma's house. So, like, you lost a sweetie. Me at, you lost me at Presbyterian. <laughs> you lost me at church, you lost honestly. Me at, you lost me at... Couldn't find a blonde on the beach. <laughs> I stopped listening. <laughs> she Okay, she was just, like, everything that me and Macy Aww. are not. She tutored Good in Spanish, sweet. geometry. Jesus, smart. In high school. <laughs> everything we're not. <laughs> and she was known as the nicest sweetie. <laughs> Nada. No, it's funny. Weren't we just talking about how if someone described us as nice, I'd be like, shut the fuck up. Oh, actually, we were That's insulting. That yeah. Is, yeah. We actually but just say this. for her, I, I like bet she you she probably was nice. She liked that. She probably and was And I actually person. feel like she probably, like, 
She'd be like, oh, I am. I am. It. Yeah. Like she, she lit up. She lit up a room. Probably. Yeah, I, I don't. <laughs> that shit we darkens <laughs> the moment I walk in. Honestly, if you said I lit up a room after I died, I'd be mad. <laughs> I totally would. And then I would just start laughing. I'd be like, no, I shut off lights, bitch. Like I shut shit down. I don't light shit up. People left every time Meg walked in the room. <laughs> No she, long tangents, bitch. She wanted to go to college, which I feel like we already know, and study foreign language and then teach just like her mother did. And she was wearing a white t-shirt and jeans, and she came off as innocent and joyful. Lawrence followed Cindy down a side street in his fucking murder van. Mm-hmm. With the Cindy, shag carpet, right? Yep. Murder Mac. And Cindy passed a group of guys who were loitering on a corner and they offered her beer. And of course she denied because she's not Macy and I at 16. I would have been like, fuck yeah, crack that <laughs> shit open. Let me get your- Do you have something so I can actually shotgun it? We would be like the TikTok. <laughs> we'd be like trying to get in, go to a party and then we'd be in the back Absolutely. of the car. Absolutely. Like, boom, 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 just boom, radiating boom. smoke everywhere. While your mom thinks that we're just like, like sleeping over at our we're friend's at the house. Presbyterian church. <laughs> when mom thinks we're a youth group. <laughs> she probably wasn't the type who was gonna accept a ride from two fucking weirdos from a murder van yeah <laughs> fair so lawrence pulled ahead of cindy he like skirted in front of her so, she- so he like almost hit her with the van yeah in a driveway so he like blocked the way mm-hmm. and no one else was around cindy approached lawrence offered her a ride and some weed mm-hmm. but she denied it and then he, he gave the signal to roy and what do, wait, sorry. What do you think the signal was? Come on over. Hey, Roy. <laughs> hey, Roy. Come on She's over ready. here. Hey, we're ready for you, Roy. <laughs> All right, I'm a loader in. You just hold on, Roy. <laughs> like screaming it. <laughs> so that was absolutely dumb. the signal. So <laughs> Roy Norris jumps out. He grabs Cindy. She screams, but he, like, covers her mouth. And then she, in the struggle, she kicked off one shoe, which police did nothing with, by the way. Nice. Just a little spoiler alert. Lawrence turned on the radio all the way up so no one else would hear, like, her screaming in the van. Mm -hmm. And fucking Roy taped her mouth shut, ties her hands and feet. (laughs) (laughs) All of her feet. Dude, it just sucks because this is not funny, but no, whole, I, no, can't, I not. cannot. It's not, but like dry humor, here we are. Cannot stop laughing. She didn't cry or even try to ask some questions. And actually, later he says she seemed disengaged. Was like, this is, she was, but I feel like that was almost him trying to that's, pull himself away from the situation. I was going to say, this is what we have to like remember. Is it's yeah. always them telling the situation how right. it was. We exactly. don't have the victim's point of view. And so. I feel like he said that. It just, I, I don't believe that, honestly. Yeah. So they drove the van to the road, that fire road that Lawrence had changed the locks on earlier. That they took the, all the pictures yeah, with for their like scrapbook. <laughs> for their scrapbook. Fun bestie pics. <laughs> we should reenact some photos like that. Oh my God, let's do it. <laughs> so once they got there, they had what Roy and Lawrence referred to as a party. And Lawrence and Roy lit a joint, passed it around. And this was their first time. So they were, they were kind of talking to her pretending like all was cool in the world so they asked her about her grandmother her boyfriend and after a while they started groping her which i'm like oh god like can you imagine them just like sitting there trying to play cool and then all of a sudden they get closer to you and closer to you no i mean 
it's like how would you feel in that situation like you know what's gonna happen i i almost feel like them doing this and like their first time so i know they're not gonna jump right into it but i almost feel like this it's is worse. worse she's just sitting there like waiting for right. it right like, and then she... they just inch closer and closer and then they start touching your, like, your thigh uh, and, like, I'm like, Ooh. yeah this poor girl i know so so anyways um sorry i put their last name so i'm trying to remember their first names so roy asked lawrence to go for a walk and so he left them alone for an hour while Roy raped Sydney. Also, also they just didn't do it together. No, I'm surprised you're right. I'm surprised they actually didn't make it like an orgy. Yeah, That's interesting. They seemed like, like I, a little yeah. too close for comfort. I almost like they had different <clears throat> fantasies in their heads. Probably they were like, okay, I want conflict. my fantasy to be yeah. like this, and your fantasy is like mm-hmm. that. So I, th- I think that's they why. just our our fucked up fantasies don't mesh well. <laughs> and you know that they like did like a vision board of this shit of like oh, what they're. <laughs> <laughs> and so they like compared, and they're like, mm, this isn't gonna oh, mesh well. We we just our we're stars just gonna don't get. Sorry. <laughs> when Florence came back, Roy did. The same thing. I think... I don't know if I said this wrong, but Lawrence... They each had their time with Yes, her. exactly. We don't really need to go over it, honestly. Yeah. But anyways, after this, they started arguing because it goes back and forth in the confession, but one of them had changed their mind. And I honestly think it was Roy because Lawrence from the get-go had the idea, like... Okay, oh, about killing her? Yeah. No victim. So Roy was just like, I want to rape her and let her catch and release type shit. Yeah. Sorry, that Roy was, really was like... <laughs> I apologize um, to America. <laughs> but I I truly think it was Roy because Roy was the one from the get-go who and was he's, not. he's younger. Yeah. Right, too. Yeah. So they started arguing. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and like I said, in the interviews later, mm-hmm. they both had conflicting views. Yeah. Um, but they, did they like turn on each other? No, bit? they didn't actually. Okay. Uh, I guess we'll get there. Yeah. It didn't matter anyways because they both came to the consensus and agreement that they were going to kill her. So, and this is really sad. She asked Lawrence for a second to pray before. Oh, well, I'm glad she did in that. that and no, up. it is. But I'm glad, I'm glad she believed in it in that, I in know. that moment. I, honestly, if you fucking put a gun to my head right now, I'd be like, can I pray? Oh, I would. I'd be like, hey, I know I've literally never done this. And you're like, who the fuck is this? It says no caller ID. I don't know who this is. But like, please answer. But please help. <laughs> I don't want to go to hell. Hell so sounds so scary. hot. <laughs> scary. To which Lawrence replied, God isn't there, only devils. And then Lawrence took Sydney out of the van and he tried to strangle her, but he couldn't because he's a little fucking bitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. Roy tries to kill her and then throws up. Why would Lawrence tell Roy to do it? Because Lawrence wants to fucking not have anyone find them, but he doesn't want to actually do it. Yeah, because like plausible or not plausible deniability. I don't know if that's right, but you know what I mean. Yeah, he wants to off put it onto him and like, oh, I never actually did it. Right. So obviously this is why I think Roy is the one who was like backed out of the whole Mm -hmm. killing thing because he fucking throws up. So then Lawrence comes in. He tries to kill her, but he also gives up before Sydney was dead. So what do they do? They go to their infamous toolbox. I keep saying toy box. Toolbox. They find a wire coat hanger and they use this to strangle Sydney. Oh, Cindy. Okay. Cindy. They use pliers to wrap around the coat hanger to make it like tighter and tighter. This poor girl. I know. And eventually she dies. So the pressure later they find out was so intense that the hanger actually broke her skin. Mm-hmm. A wire hanger broke her fucking skin. That's how tight it was. 
and it actually left a red ring around her throat as well. Which So when she was dead, they wrapped her body in a shower curtain that he had in the back of the murder Mac, and they put her in the van and then drove the van down to find a secluded spot to dump her body. It was pitch dark, and Lawrence walked along the van with a flashlight to find a spot while Roy drove the van, and then they found a shallow canyon near the road, and they threw Cindy's body over it, which is the picture that you see of Roy pointing to the fucking canyon. Dude. So, Lawrence was certain that local wildlife would get to her before the cops did, and at this time, he was absolutely right. So, they drove back down to the coastline, and they celebrated. Lawrence dropped Roy off at his mother's trailer, and (laughs) again, if you can't pay rent, you shouldn't be fucking murdering. So, just two short weeks after this, they were on the hunt again for their Mm -hmm. next victim. And in the meantime, they would watch TV, they looked at the news, and they were upset because they wanted to hear people be like, oh my gosh, we found a body. Like, they wanted... But then Who maybe you shouldn't have thrown her off a fucking cliff. Well, you guys could have gone on like 10 more months and they probably would have. They probably had like three days of training and then they're like, oh, you're on homicide. You're a detective. Congrats. You're the best in our squad. <laughs> you're fucking amazing. You're 21 years old, but <laughs> God damn it. You're great. Sadly, no one reports on this. Like her grandma filed a missing persons report, but the police had no leads and the attack wasn't heavily covered on the news. So Roy and Lawrence had chosen Cindy since she was secluded and there were no eyewitnesses to her abduction. Mm -hmm. So there were no eyewitnesses to this account. So there's no one or nothing to connect them to her. I mean, to be fair, that's got to be a really hard case to find. Well, yeah, especially when you don't have technology. No. I I do give, I know the police work was bad, but I will say. But it also was just like such a different time. It must have been so much harder. Yeah. So at this time... The crime went to their heads. You know, they're upset that they didn't get coverage, but they're also like, oh my God, we're so good at this. And <laughs> we're fucking good at this. This is our passion. And so it was more of like a trial for them. And now they felt really confident and ready to get back out there. So July 8th of 1978, they get to their van and they head down to Manhattan Beach this time. They do switch up their beaches. So this was about 20 miles south of Los Angeles, and again, they spent a lot of time searching, and they spotted 18-year-old Andrea Hill. She was tall and blonde. Again, who was who was blonde? Marianne Bittaker's old, old, old make-out fling. So they're all, like, going for Lawrence's, like, ex. Yeah, well, Lawrence is the brains, remember? So Roy's yeah, like, Roy's I don't think there. Roy really cares. I think he he's just, like, she has a vagina. Oh. <laughs> So, and to make a living, she would, I, I saw a couple accounts of this, but a couple people said, and in the documentary, which I kind of believe that better, people said that she was on her way to the beach or coming back from the beach. And in articles, it said she would make a living selling blood. So they said she was on her way back from like selling blood. So they both agreed that this was their next victim. Um, Lawrence started to pull over, but actually a white convertible pulls in front of him. Because remember, she's hitchhiking. And they, <laughs> they it stops uh, to pick her up. She gets in the car. So would you get in the convertible or would you get in the rapist van? I'm getting in the convertible, what do you, what do you absolutely. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> like, <laughs> Why did they go with a van? So they follow the convertible because they figure out like, oh, the convertible's not going to take her all the way she needs to go. So we'll just follow her until the next stop. Sadly, it works. So oh. the next stop, she gets out of the car, immediately sticks her thumb back out in the road. And this is where they pull over and they pick her up before picking her up roy gets in the back and again like i said they're kind of like getting 
more used to this. So Roy gets in the back. He goes under the the bed and figures like she would be more likely to accept a ride from only one man oh. instead of instead of two. So he made it look like it was just one of them. Yeah, but it's also a way to like sneak attack her. Mm-hmm. So she opens the sliding door, gets into the van. Norris waits um, under the bed, and Lawrence tells tells her like, "Oh, grab the Coors Light from a cooler." <laughs> She's like, "No, fuck your Coors Light and you." And he goes, "Hey, Rory." <laughs> <laughs> she actually fights back, fucking hard oh. to the point where like she almost breaks free. Sadly, Roy overpowers her because what he does, yeah, he's a big guy. What he does is he wrenches her arm behind her head and almost snaps her fucking joint out of place. So she kind of has to. That's going to make someone comply. Yeah, that might make you like comply a little bit. So he covers her mouth, bounds her limbs with tape and throws her on the bed. Once they get to their little fucking fire road, um, they dug her out in the woods and repeatedly raped her. Roy then went to a nearby store as Bittaker continued to rape her. And at this point, he's starting to get a little bit more into his sadistic fantasies. So he starts demand that she beg for her life. Like, beg for your life. Tell me why you should live. And he then pulls out his Polaroid camera and takes pictures of her as she's crying. And there's an infamous picture out there. Basically, he tells her, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill you. And then he takes a picture of her like initial like reaction. Her. Oh my God, that's yeah. horrible. So, after this, Roy Norris returns from the store. Bittaker shows him the pictures that he takes, that he had taken. And Roy was worried about being caught. He thought there were headlights coming down the highway nearby, so he pressures Lawrence to kill her soon. So, Lawrence then tells Andrea that she hasn't fought for her, like, begged for her life enough, and he wanted a list of reasons as to why he shouldn't kill her. Eventually, obviously, he kills her, and... He does this by driving an ice pick through her ear. And this was his first attempt with the infamous ice pick. What the fuck? And the idea came actually from a movie that they had watched together in prison. So why are they letting prisoners watch movies about what the fuck? I would put on Coco Melon (laughs) to just be like, y'all are going to act like people who can't follow the rules and be a kid. I was going to say the only thing I think of is like maybe they bootleg this somehow, but I'm like, it's the 1970s. There's no yeah. way that someone has an iPhone and they're bootlegging a mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, facts. Like that's not happening. No. So yeah, they must have let them watch it. That's fucked. Like, so, here, hey, here's some ideas for when you guys get out for the 80s. You time. guys have been really good. So we're going to let you watch this horror movie. Enjoy. <laughs> and <laughs> when, oh my God. It's a, I've, <laughs> all the good prisoners got put in a room. And they're like, here's here's soft three. <laughs> do you want a soda okay so when you puncture an eardrum this is one of the most severe types of pain in the entire fucking pain dictionary this is one of the most intense yeah and it actually it wouldn't immediately kill you and you would actually hear the blood rushing out of your brain no. and then to top it off he fucking strangles her so she's like listening to her brain bleed mm-hmm. and getting strangled. Yep. So they took her to the side of the road, threw her body off the cliff again. I'm going to look up a picture of an ice pick. Oh, you might find the, the next one. So just I'm not going to put any anything else except ice pick. Oh, I put ice it's pick. It's exactly what you think it is. It's no! Like, yeah. No. <laughs> the 
I'm just like, I, covering my ears right now. You're not even ready for the next one, so. Oh, no. Um, so, of They're the... They're only $1.72. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, honestly, who... There needs to be a world record of people who have bought ice picks, and I need the FBI to look into it. I think you should have to put in your, why like, everything it. about and then yourself. And you should have to return You it. should pass, like, how you have to buy a gun, you know? You should go through the same process yep. for buying an ice pick. <laughs> if not more rigorous. Yep. That was a big word for you, Macy. Thanks. Oh, my God, my long-ass password. Meg's password is 16 fucking letters. And four special characters. <laughs> She's the worst. Okay. So, Bittaker was, like I said, more of the intelligent, sadistic of the pair. He liked to go through with the torturing more. He initially said that the reason they did the ice pick through the ear is because he thought it would kill them faster. But, like, given his background, I don't believe that for a minute. Um, and neither of them wanted to stop the killings anytime, anytime soon. But sadly, like, Bittaker was more smart. So he recognized, like, hey, two killings in a row. That's a lot of people. Like, we need to lay low for a little bit. <laughs> That's a lot of people. Thank you for acknowledging that they any, are human any beings. Any killing is, is more than enough. You don't need to, you don't need to ever kill someone. So God, Hey, we're, we're over quota right now. So he recognizes that they need to slow down. And he's like, we don't want the police on to us. So we're going to wait a little bit. Um, but again, neither the police or the media paid much attention to either of the missing girls and there wasn't much of them to go off of, like we said. So they assume that both of these missing girls were runaways. So Andrea's mother in Ohio is obviously like very distraught by this because she talked to Andrea every week. She's like, Andrea wouldn't fucking do that. Yeah. But Lawrence couldn't help the urges and they came back pretty soon. So after just two months, he was ready to go again. So he calls up Roy. What do you think they did in those two months? I don't know, honestly. Like, like what, what do you do? Think, what, what do you do, do you in think? your off time when you're a serial when killer? When you're a serial killer, like, how does that and you don't have a job stick with you every fucking day? Dude, like, you just go back to your normal life for two months. And you're like, I'm like, what is their normal life? Like, because be electri- they're like normal. Electri- one of them's an electrician. One of them mm, side eye like and that. all those electricians. I got mm-hmm. two in my family. What the yeah. fuck y'all doing? I'm sorry. One was a mechanic. One was like a technical something something. Okay, mechanics are sketchy. So I don't know any mechanics (laughs) in this is like a quick side note, but in 1979, Lawrence lived at the Scott's motel and it was known as like a very dingy, cheap motel. People that lived there were basically homeless. Mm -hmm. So Tracy Whitney, she was 18 at the time and she was a neighbor of Lawrence's and he would give like young girls who partied at this motel money, like drugs, booze, because he lived at this motel because it would give him access to these young people yes yeah but the thing is he didn't kill any of them he just wanted to like manipulate dominate and impress them so that's what he did in his off time yes i I think that answers your question yeah honestly i think he wasn't doing anything like yeah Yeah. and this kind of comes into like lawrence plays under that whole thing of like oh if i just had parents that love me i wouldn't be like yeah he's a constant victim yes shut the fuck up so this girl tracy whitney finds out she's pregnant she's calling no, no, not him. Okay. Sorry. She's calling him to calling home to tell her parents like, hey, I'm pregnant. Can I please come home? Like, will you give me a place to stay? Okay. They tell her no. And while she's on the phone, she turns around after hanging up and finds Lawrence behind her. And he tells her whatever you need, like maternity clothes, a place to sleep, whatever. I'll pay for it. 
the fuck? Because he had this weird fucking spot for young pregnant women because uh, he was like, my mom So he would drive her to the beach. He would drive her any place she wanted to go. So she would spend a lot of time in the fucking van. And she had no idea what was going on. Yeah. No fucking clue. I'm never getting in a van ever again. Not Me. that I, not that I ever would. I wasn't saying you do that regularly. Well, my parents used to have a van when we were. I mean, it's different. It's like a minivan. Yeah. No, definitely didn't have shag carpet. <laughs> just all four saying, of us kids are just sitting Mac in the was like a Hyundai Odyssey. <laughs> we were just sitting in the back on a fucking mattress. <laughs> no. One day, the la- so the last time she saw Lawrence alone uh, is when she was. Or the last time she saw Lawrence is when she was in the van with him alone and they got into this argument over something and he pulls out a gun and he tells her the only reason that she's alive is because she's a baby. Yikes. Mm-hmm. He had so, like a weird fetish. Yes. For, for babies. Yes. Like mm-hmm. unborn babies. Oh my God. Did you just solve? I'll have to tell you this later. My theory on like people who are obsessed with like abortion and shit. No, we no, we've talked about this. Yes. It's, like people have fucking weird like, yeah but like almost like unborn babies because yes. once they're born they're like middle Bye. finger get fucked fuck you see you later bitch <laughs> figure it out i know you can't walk or talk or eat or do anything but you know what this is what it's I'm your th- life now i think you just solved my theory like it's people with like shitty childhoods <laughs> of course but okay. it wasn't even that shitty they just give them up for adoption anyways we'll oh, talk about this later god so <laughs> anyways we'll talk about this later <laughs> Uh, so Tracy now struggles with survivor's guilt, which makes sense. I wonder, yeah. I'm sorry, Tracy. But I'm glad you survived. Yeah, though. me too. I mean, it could have been worse, but yeah. yeah. I think I would, after that, I would be pregnant 24-7. <laughs> I'm just like, someone get me another baby. <laughs> so they spot two girls this time. 13-year-old Leah Lamp and 15-year-old Jackie Gilliam. They were at a bus stop only about a block from the beach, and they were looking for a ride to the beach. Um, and some are like, why are they looking for a ride to the beach? Their but it's like, hurted. Yeah, the fuck? Like, Their feet hurt like, They want a ride. They're going to get a ride, okay? They don't want to walk. So they're looking for a ride, and it, this was easy for Lawrence and Roy to convince the girls to get in the band because they're younger. And they're like, hey, we have drugs. Want to get in? And they get in. They all start smoking. A few minutes later, the girls noticed that the van was actually headed towards the mountains, which is obviously away from the beach. And they bring this up. Lawrence says, oh, I'm just looking for a quiet place to stop while we, like, finish the joint so we don't get in trouble. So this spooked the girls so much that they're like, you know what? Just let us out now. We don't. Whatever. We'll walk at this point. So this is when Lawrence turns up the radio. And this was the sign. (laughs) Not. Hey. It wasn't Roy. Roy. Hey, they're trying to get out. Let's fucking kill him. <laughs> so Roy, we we he reaches for the weapon that he had hidden the in the van. Pick? What? What is it? The ice pick or the? I don't know. Just a weapon. Sorry. I'm sorry. It was a homemade sap. No, it was a homemade sap. Which I know you don't know what it is. Now I need to look that up. I know you don't know what that is. Do you? So, yeah, but I researched this case. Of Facts. I, I was going to say. Sap. So. Wait, how do, how do you spell it? S-A-P. Sap. It cool. is a sock full of metal BBs. All right. Well, that's not what came up on my Google search. <laughs> you looked up like sap, like E-R-P. from a tree. What? I don't know what that is. Serp? 
syrup. You sipping a on that syrup? Of Lil Wayne holding some lean. That's what I thought. <laughs> So obviously, I typed in scissor up. Is that not- shut up? It's too long of a tangent. We're moving on. So he swings it at 13 year old Leah. He hits her on the side of the head and this knocks her out because she's fucking 13. Yeah. This freaks out Jackie. So she tries to like open the door to the, of the van and gets out. And while doing this, Leah wakes back up and she starts fighting off Roy. And shit's getting out of control. So Roy's mm-hmm. like, or Lawrence, who's driving, is like, man, it's idiot. like, why did they pick up two girls? Yeah. It's like, you're fucking idiots. Idiots. And Roy's like, Meh, or Lawrence is like, so he pulls over mm-hmm. yeah. to like get shit under control. Um, and he parks at a tennis court and he opens a sliding door and together they held Leah down and tapes her mouth shut. But while doing this, a tennis player on the court notices like, um, you, what? <laughs> like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, hey, what's going on over hey. there? Are you guys okay? Why are you fighting a child? Why is there a child getting taped in your murder van? <laughs> that says murder Mac on Why the side. Why is there an ice pick in your hand? Like, what's going on? So, um, Lawrence is like, yeah, you know what? She's just having a bad trip on LSD. Oh, tennis player, please say you didn't believe that. He did. It's the 70s, huh? Yeah. He's like, oh, same. So, they shut the door and finish binding up Jackie with tape and... Lawrence gets back in the driver's seat. He yells at Roy for being such a fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then they drive off to the mountains. Um, and the rest of the way, they both of them stay silent because they're a married fucking couple and they're weird and they're fighting. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> they get to their favorite fucking road. <laughs> they finally look at each other like, like, okay, I guess we're not that anymore. <laughs> it's fine. Ugh, we're it's moving fine. on. We're, it's fine. We're, we're over it. Okay, just don't bring it up again. <laughs> I hate that we like make these funny jokes and then I, know, I have to like talk about not like, funny. <laughs> no, because our jokes are funny and then I have to be like, and then they began torturing them. And I'm like, fuck, man, just kill my fucking mood. Such a downer. Why did we choose to do true crime? We should I don't have done know. like our calling. What, I what don't else know. do we do, though? I don't I don't have sex. No other to have a sex podcast. <laughs> no other version. genre will accept us. <laughs> Literally. So they sadly, they focus on Jackie first. They tie Leah up because they tell her that. Remember, let me me just preface this by saying she's fucking 13. I needed that because I forgot. And that's horrible. Yes. Wow. She is too overweight to be attractive. So not only are you. Why did you choose her then? Okay. Why didn't you just fucking look for her? I'm sorry. I would be like, really? I'm not good enough for you. No, I would be like, have you looked in a mirror recently y'all are fucking 60 years old have you like maybe done a deep dive into like i don't know your soul like you aren't just unattractive you are literally repulsing you probably smell really bad you know yes i would say they probably smell like rotten cheese also sorry i am 27 and i think 38 year olds are fucking old (laughs) and i'm gonna say it right now What I mean is, like, I'm not sexually attractive. (laughs) What she means is, like, Roy Norris and Lawrence Benegar are two 38 and 32-year-olds that look like they're fucking 85 and a half. And they look like a wrinkly old raisin that's been under my couch for a month. Lawrence finds out that uh, she's a virgin. And uh, Jackie. Because she's 13. So, yeah. And she's not us. (laughs) I was 14, okay? I was 14, too. It's fine. I was. And, <laughs> when, 
would have gone to us and been like, ew. <laughs> He's like, oh, ew, she's virgin. I'm going to record this because I'm fucked in the head. What are I'm they disgusting. recording with? Uh, uh, it's an audio tape because oh my God. Uh, I'm just going to give you a little um, spoiler alert. They still use this tape in the FBI as <gasps> training. Because it's that fucking bad. Oh my! Did you listen? Can you? No, I don't. You can't. I'm okay, I hope not. On the dark web, I really www dark web. Wait, what did we talk about? Dark gov. Nice. He rapes Jackie in the back of the van while Roy sits in the front seat and audio records it, and then he forces Jackie to like play along with it because again they both have their weird like sexual sadistic fantasy, which actually I'll talk about Roy's in a minute. And after it was over, Roy sexually assaults Jackie. And this is his, like, sexual sadistic fantasy is he makes her pretend that she was that cousin that he... Ew! Yes. Uh, so he's a little incest fucking yes, weirdo. that he... Dude, turn your sound off, I'm you sorry. weirdo. I thought it was you. Um, so when it was over, they tied Leah and Jackie up to the back of the van. Or in the back of the van, oh, I'm sorry. Jesus. Not to the back. In God. the back. And they, they went to sleep. So they kept them overnight. They went to... Mm-hmm. I can't even just like have a good night's rest yep. just in general, but let alone if I had two little girls yep. tied up in my fucking van. I would hope you couldn't sleep. Yeah, I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I would really hope so. So each of them takes turns being on lookout while the other one sleeps. And then when the sun oh, came up, see, I was picturing them both sleeping at the same time. I did. I was at first too, but then I found a source that clarified that. Okay. But either way, I would not Crazy. be able to sleep. <laughs> No, yeah. I would be able to breathe, okay? I would be, like, in cardiac arrest. Like, <laughs> I would have had a heart attack uh, in the first time I went to prison. Yes. So, like, like I, I, we're not the same. When I was young, I shoplifted, and that shit, like, put me in a daze. See, okay, I have a friend that literally nope, went to no juvie. She went to juvie because she stole a fucking Red Bull. <laughs> that shit will change you. It changed me. So, when the sun comes up, they torture God. them all over again. And this is almost like strangers-esque. So Lawrence takes Leah into the woods. He takes pictures of her and he forces her to like pose naked sexual in like sexual poses. He then left her tied up in the dirt and heads back to like torture Jackie again. Uh, and by then, neither Roy or Lawrence were like interested in them anymore. And they're like, all right, let's get rid of them because they're fucking monsters. And they wanted to hear Jackie scream for her life. So they suffer her and basically like while they're killing her, they puncture her breasts with the ice pick. And Roy also tore off one of her nipples with pliers. Oh my God. And this is when, this is like what they're most infamous for is Lawrence drills the ice pick into her ear and he dug it in so far into her brain that it got stuck when he tried to pull it out. It was stuck in her skull and the handle of the ice pick broke off. It's making me like shiver. And then they, like like, when they find her skull later, it's still in her fucking skull. Oh, the the, ice pick. Yeah. So let that sink in. Fuck. So how did Roy go from like, oh, I don't want to kill anyone to doing this shit? I think he... I, he obviously had it in him. Yeah, I think I mean, he had it raping, in him. If you're raping girls. Yeah. Like, sorry, I mean, you're a fucked up human. Right. But it's like, yeah. god damn. It was Lawrence's idea. I think it was in Roy. And once he just Roy started. encouragement. Yeah, yeah, he really liked it. 
So they go back to Leah. She obviously tried to get away while she was tied to the tree. Did she like see this? I don't think so. I I don't believe that she did. I'm sure she heard it, but I don't think she saw it. I don't know. Yeah. Um, So Lawrence hits her with a split sledgehammer. Jesus. And together, um, Roy and uh, Lawrence drug the bodies off the side of the cliff and toss them over. So on the way home, on their drive home, they mutually agree that they're going to wait like a couple more months before going out again because that one was pretty fucking brutal. And they were sure that with this one, the police would eventually be on to them. Yeah. And they weren't. Um, but it didn't It didn't really matter, though, because although Leah and Jackie were reported missing, the police again suspected that they were runaways. They were 13 and 16. So fucking frustrating because it's like most of the time in these cases, I feel like the parents who actually know the children yes. are like, no, they wouldn't do that. Nope. And, and yet police are just like, no, we know your kid that we've never met more than you do. More than you do. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> run away. Yep. Check. I tried to run away once. I was gone for an hour. Same. Okay. I think I, I was like, I cannot minutes. do this. <laughs> but neither of the girls had any discipline problems, no histories. Like, that's the thing. Nothing. No history. Nothing. And you're just jumping to, oh, they ran away. For, yep. for what? With, with what evidence do you have? Yep. Besides not wanting to do your fucking job. Yeah, honestly, that's it. They had so many. And again, like we said, they had so many serial killers. But like, honestly, if you're not looking into any of them, what the fuck are you doing? So by October, none of these missing cases had gone anywhere because remember, they're all marked as missing at this point. And they weren't like Roy and Lawrence at this time were not linked to any of the girls or the murders in general. So they were like, okay, let's just plan our next attack. because So they're like, all right, let's just plan our next attack because and they wanted coverage. That was the other thing. They're like, and we want more coverage. Stop dumping the bodies over a fucking cliff. It's like they don't want to get caught, but they also want coverage. And it's like, you can't have the best of both worlds. You're not fucking Hannah Montana. (laughs) Hey, that's a good one. (laughs) That just ruined it. Ever since, like I said, ever since childhood, Lawrence looked up to like notorious criminals as like his his superheroes. What was his his one? Uh, Manson. He wanted to be bigger than Manson. Which also, you do know Manson never fucking killed anyone. Yeah, you already fucked up in that sense. Like, you already lost. Manson was already cooler than you but also a horrible person right like on and i i have like i like manson the most out of all the serial killers simply because he never touched anyone but also he orchestrated the whole thing so but either way it's just a lot of if mind you games wanted to be guy. like manson you fucked up like you Plain you missed simple. his main you, hit, you missed the, mark. the main point of of manson was that he didn't do anything and you've been very hands-on so crazy because he has a hundred and what 2838 iq you can figure out how to get someone else to do this for you are you an idiot like what <laughs> just start a little cult like I just, come on i don't under i don't get it so they were like we're gonna make an impression and we're gonna kill someone on halloween night because that's gonna turn heads so instead of the beaches this time for their halloween night hunt they go into the san fernando valley and this valley was nearby where lawrence lived so he knew the area very well and Mm -hmm. he was getting very cocky i Uh, love that and no more worried about like uh, being close to home nothing like that he's like i can do whatever i want next door neighbor he went for huh (laughs) (laughs) 
So Lawrence is thirty one or thirty nine at this time. Roy's thirty one. They went on the streets or they went looking they, up and down. They hit the streets. They hit the streets on the Halloween night. They went to Casa Amigos. They didn't do a. They bumped it a little bit, and they're like, "This is fun. Let's go kill someone." God, damn. that was a really good rhyme. That was good. Ooh, spit fire over I there. I really am. God it's damn. my night. So uh, they went on the streets looking for girls, um, and since most of people were walking in groups, since it was Halloween, it, mm-hmm. it took them a little. No while. one's really like trick or treating by themselves. Yeah, no partying by themselves. Not a casa amigos for no. damn sure. No. Uh, so Bitaker Lawrence spots a girl that he recognizes actually, and she's from Burbank, and she was coming back from a Halloween party. She's 16 year old Shuri. Why, why does Shirley? he recognize it? Recognize a 16 year old? Uh, it's 16 year old Shirley Ledford. <laughs> You're like, let me sing it. <laughs> Try it again, one more time. It's 16 year old Shirley Ledford, and she's hitchhiking on the sidewalk, and he knows Shirley because she was a waitress at a restaurant that he went to a lot. Ugh. So Roy's like, and he pulls the van over. Lawrence is like, hey, Shirley, let me give you a ride. So she climbs into the van because she trusts him. And after a couple of moments, he decides, you know what? I don't I don't want to wait to get to the mountains for this one. I really I'm too eager. It's been a couple months. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and do this right now. So this time he gives Roy the signal, which is a pat on the shoulder. And he's like, hey, bro, keep driving no matter what. And he climbs. Into- what, do you think she heard that? Yeah, absolutely. You're like, what do you mean no matter what? He's like, she's like, I thought we were just going to the next party. What, like, what? what do you mean no matter what? Uh-huh. What are you planning on? So I hate her jokes because the next thing's next. Uh, he climbs into the back seat and he attacks Shirley. He had a knife and she actually grabs a knife and cuts Oof. herself. Um, but bad fucking bitch. Sadly, he overpowers her and he bounds her up with tape. He tells Roy he wanted to assault Shirley while they were driving. And Roy is like, ooh, this is exciting. And he agrees to it. So Roy began looking around for the tape recorder. And he told Shirley to talk. And, or I'm sorry, Lawrence looks for the tape recorder. And once he finds it, he tells Shirley to like talk to it. Like I said, they're getting really into these like sadistic fantasies. He slaps her, demanding that she say something. But... She tried to com- she tried to comply this, but but she had no clue what to say to him. She's like, I don't know what the fuck to say to you. Like, what do you want? What? <laughs> so she's not saying anything. So it's not fulfilling his fantasy. So he keeps slapping her and tells her like, hey, talk to the fucking tape. So Shirley finally understood that he didn't really want her to say anything. He wanted her to like scream and whore. Like I said, they get off on like yeah. these women and whore. So she screamed, but it wasn't enough. And Lawrence told her to scream louder. And he then began to rape her. And while doing this, he forced her to describe what was happening to the tape. Jesus. Yeah, she's 16. Let me just go ahead and put that back in there. Lawrence was upset that Shirley wasn't screaming enough, though. So he reached to the toolbox. And he grabs a pair of pliers from the toolbox. And he, like, waves them at her. And he's like, I'm going to hurt you if you don't scream louder. I think he's going to hurt her no matter what. This oh, is he just wants it on fucking tape yeah. to be like look back on and be like Bleh. yeah cuz he's fucking it's like gross. his porn. So obviously nothing would please him so he clamped the pliers on her chests and like on her breasts and oh. pinched as hard as he could. And Nora says about this if you've ever heard that tape 
there is no possible way that you wouldn't begin crying or trembling. I doubt that you could listen to more than just 60 seconds of it. Roy then pulls to the side of the road and he wants to switch places. So he grabs a hammer from the toolbox and he smashed her elbow 25 times in total. And by the time that she was, he was done, her bone had been completely pulverized, which means it was reduced to very fine particles like sand. So girl, these guys are horrible. Yeah. Which is why I'm surprised they're not covered more. I was going to say, I feel like I've never, ever heard this in my life. Yep. So she's fading in and out of consciousness and Roy hits her one more time. And at this point, um, Lawrence encourages Roy to kill her. He grabs a wire coat hanger, just like Cindy Schaefer. And this time he twists the hanger with the pliers as tight as he could until she died and when they found it it was like the size where her neck had been was the size of a silver a silver dollar a silver dollar i feel like she would have been like decapitated i <laughs> like, know but like decapitated yeah. almost yeah right yeah i mean like a silver dollar is like that literally like that it's like a it's a it's a big quarter. <laughs> yes, it's a it's a very large quarter. Oh yep. So That's fucking horrible. Yeah. I cry. So Lawrence wasn't satisfied though. He wanted to be well, notorious. I feel like at a certain point these guys they just no, get desensitized. Yeah, they get desensitized yeah. to everything. That's why they keep and like, nothing's gonna satisfy you. You no. do realize that. Like your fantasies are so sadistic. That nothing's going to ever fucking satisfy you. Exactly. You can go to the ends of the earth doing all this torturous sh- bullshit and you're not going to be fucking satisfied because no. you're fucked in the head. Yeah. So um, he's not satisfied. He wants to be notorious and let everyone know what he's done. So after talking about it for a bit, they decide, you know what? This time we're going to dump Shirley's body in a public place to make sure it's discovered and that we basically get caught. I was going to say, this is the one that they know, right? Or that Lawrence yeah. knew. Lawrence so it's like, why would you... Like, what a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like, let's do the one that I could possibly have a connection to. And yeah. Whatever. Yeah. I'm so, glad they did this, obviously. but Yeah. So they drive to a darklit house and park next to a bed of ivy. They made sure no one was watching, which like, don't you want... Okay. You don't want to be caught, but you do. Okay. So Lawrence slides open the door of the van... They toss Shirley's body out on the lawn and then they speed off. 48 hours later is when they get this like recognition that they wanted, which I also think two days later is a long time, but maybe she was halfway in the IV. Um, she was discovered by a jogger outside of the home in the next 48 hours, whatever that is. And she was posed with her legs open and the woman's whose house it, the woman whose house it was thought that it was a mannequin from Halloween. It's never a mannequin, it's guys. It's never a mannequin. And invest- investigators cannot believe, like, what had been done to Shirley. Um, she had do- torn genitalia and rectum, and that was caused in part by Bittaker raping her with pliers. Uh. Her left hand bore a puncture wound and deep slash mark scarred her finger on their right hand. And at trial, Bittaker, punct- Bittaker claimed the tape recording was nothing but a threesome. And added that toward the very end, Shirley Ledford pleaded for death. Like, she wanted it. I mean, I would want to die. Yeah. If I was... Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I would. 
And they had also been stalking other future victims at this time. One was an airline stewardess and the other was a 13-year-old girl. So the press ate this up. This murder was heavily publicized, but investigators were stuck with little to go off of. Okay. Bitteker and... <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Lawrence and Roy decided to lay low for a little bit until the heat died down. And weeks passed and the investigators had no lead and these murders likely would have gone unsolved. But remember, Roy's a fucking idiot. Mm-hmm. Facts. So three weeks after Shirley's murder, in late November of 1979, 31-year-old Roy can't keep his fucking mouth shut. To be honest, I'm surprised he's kept his mouth shut same. this entire Actually, time. same. I thought about that, too. Like, it's so, been a little bit. You he know? brags to a friend that both Lawrence and Roy knew from prison mm-hmm. about what they had done. And this friend was Joe Jackson. And Jackson was like, um... Yikes. <laughs> What? <laughs> like, I, no, I'm not, like, impressed. I'm terrified. Good for and him. Good for... It was Joe Jackson? Joe Jackson. Good for Joe Jackson. That really sounds like a fake name, but... It he's in witness protection. <laughs> I would be, too. And <laughs> so the reason he uh, was eventually turned to the police is because he had two young daughters, and oh, one time he saw the way that Lawrence looked at them, and after hearing this, he was like, no. Yeah. No. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. So, so he is like, you know what? I don't know what to do. I'm going to call my lawyer. I, I'm going to call, it. I'm going to call my parole officer. See what he thinks. <laughs> so this lawyer advised him to call the LAPD. So he did. Detectives finally. But they did say that his claim wasn't enough for an arrest or a conviction. And they advised him, you know what? Why don't, this is really a case for the Hermosa Beach Police. Instead they of the- tried to get <laughs> God, the LAPD back in the... So, because the crimes technically fell under their jurisdiction. Meh. So, obviously, Joe's like, okay, let me do that because this is a serious fucking crime. You know what's funny is they probably didn't even follow up to make sure yeah. that the... Like, yeah. you'd think that they probably as don't the police the officers, they'd be like, hey, uh, j- we got this call. <laughs> Do you guys want to take it? And then they're like, no. And they then they pull, go back. Like, they, they rock, should, paper, scissors. <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they should probably just be like, maybe check in with the Hermosa piece, the police and be like, hey, you know what? Did Someone you get called in yeah. here? Did you get the same call? Did, yeah. did anything ever go anywhere? Or like they chicken like literally 60 years later. So Joe's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So he did. And they found a case that had been filed by a woman named Robin Robeck. And she had called the police a couple months earlier. And you're wondering what they did in their spare time. And I'm about to tell you. So sometime after Lawrence and Nor- Ugh, Lawrence and Roy's fourth attack, um, September of 1979, Robick was sexually assaulted by two men in a gray van. She hadn't been tortured or murdered, but her description of the attackers met the description of Roy and Lawrence. Hmm. So the Hermosa Beach officer got in touch with Robin to show her a series of mugshots. And obviously these included Lawrence and Roy. And she immediately picked our photos out. Fuck yes. And this gave the Hermosa Beach their first, uh, Hermosa Beach police their first piece of evidence. Let's, that, let's go Hermosa Beach. Yes. Come that on. they could use to act. Let's fucking go. Um, they still needed more to convict them, but at least yeah, they're fucking doing something. But at least she can like, at least bring them in. Right. So they, they knew that they only had a small amount of time before they struck again. So 
They did some searching, um, but they couldn't immediately locate Lawrence. And at this time is when he was staying in a hotel in San Fernando Valley. So instead, they're like, you know what? Let's focus on Roy. He's an idiot. He's a fucking dumbass anyway. So we're going to get a confession immediately. So this is going to be easy. <laughs> Slam dunk, baby. So obviously, they go to his mother's trailer and they put it under surveillance. Um, and they hope that they can catch him doing something nutty. And, and within 20 Within 20 minutes. <laughs> within two minutes. They didn't even finish setting up. So they didn't wait that long. And about as soon as they pulled up, they spotted him through the window using a scale to weigh her out to weigh out marijuana. <laughs> so they were like, parole violation right then. And well, there. all of this has happened within one year, right? While they're on parole. Yeah. 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 The, I bet you their parole was probably only one year. I'm telling you, they did what they did with how you said they checked in like two times. Yeah. They were like, well, I'm going to see Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they pick up Roy. And shortly after this, um, they, a phone rings in Roy's, tra- in Roy's trailer. And it's Lawrence. And so the police pick up the phone and they pretend to be one of Roy's friends. So Lawrence tried to play it cool on the phone, um, but he could tell because he, sadly he's smart that he had been caught. He couldn't tell who the person on the other end of the line was, but he could tell that the person on the other end of the line was like kind of unsure. Wasn't who like, they said they were. Yeah, and unsure, like asking questions, like seeing if he'd give up answers. So he made an excuse and hangs up the phone. And he immediately leaps into action. He gathers everything he could find that was incriminating because remember they took like souvenirs Mm -hmm. and the motel room in the van and there's a lot of shit in that van. So he heads to the hills to get rid of everything Um, and he had disposed of everything but one thing, the Ledford tape. I was going to say because they can't get rid of everything. Yeah. And that's and it was in the tape player in the van. Did they find did they find the other stuff? Oh, he forgot about it. So he didn't even try and keep it. Well, I mean, the stuff that he got rid of, did they, like, eventually no, they, find it? No, they didn't find it because he buries all the evidence in the woods. And, um... Oh, I hate him. And then when he returns from burying all this, the officers are waiting outside of his hotel room to arrest him. Lawrence didn't resist, and he managed to stay composed during the interrogation, but obviously Roy doesn't. And... Roy's um, just crying. <laughs> they hounded Roy until he turns on Lawrence. And not turns, but, like, um, gives, gives up. Gives up some yeah. info. So in exchange for a plea deal, Roy gave a detailed confession of all the murders to the police. And he insists that he had never seen Robin Robeck before, though. That was the girl who was like, she didn't get the girl who ID'd him. Yes. Yes. Okay. So with this help, the detectives um, get a warrant for Roy's van to go inside and look for everything. So, yeah, they find 500 photos. So, yes, I mean, I don't think he got rid of everything, but he tried. He tried and he failed. Authorities never found the evidence, though, that Bitter Bitteker had buried in the woods besides the tape and the photos. And most could not listen to minutes of the tape recording, and it haunts them all. Like I said, this tape is so disturbing that it's still used today in the FBI Academy in Virginia for agents to train new recruits and expose them to the reality of torture and murder that they will investigate in the years to come. I don't know how you, like, I feel like being an investigator would be, like, really cool, but then I don't know how you compartmentalize, like, this type of shit. Yeah. Like, the stuff that you see must just, like, really fuck you up. So they pressure Roy until he agrees to lead them into the San Gabriel Mountains to search for the body of the victims. And in 1980, he shows authorities the spot where he and Bittaker had jumped, or he and Lawrence had dumped the bodies. They find Leah Lamp and Ga- Ga- Jackie Gilliam, but they never find the remains of Cindy Schaefer, Andrea Hall. 
So even without the bodies, investigators have everything they need for the trials. They were able to convict Roy and Norris for the murders of five young girls. And during the trial, Roy said he didn't want to kill, but he was too scared of Lawrence not to. And in a way, I mean, I believe it, but I think he got into it after the first. Obviously. I mean, he obviously had that in him. I think that's why they fought in the first one, because he didn't want to. And he got too scared of Lawrence to be like, to say no. But then he realized he he liked liked it. it. Yeah. 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 So. Lawrence claimed that Jackie had agreed to $600 for sex and she was paid to give certain reactions on the tape. <laughs> and that's why he hit her is because she was playing along. And he also said that Shirley was drug crazed and he then broke down and started crying. So Pussy. that looks really good for him. Yeah. So 32 year old Roy was sentenced to life in prison. And years later, um, Roy was described as a model prisoner <laughs> and he was released. <laughs> Wouldn't you die? I would die. Anyways, Roy was described as, like I said, remorseful, but Bitteker, at the beginning, he embraced the empathy. Im- infamy. Sorry. Infamy? Infamy. 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 He probably had, like, several wives, huh? That tried to marry this. He didn't, but it took the jurors less than two days. To convict Lawrence of 26 charges, including five like counts of murder, five counts of kidnapping, criminal conspiracy, rape, oral completion, sodomy, and being an ex-felon in possession of a firearm. <laughs> I love yeah. when they get them with the small one. I'm like, yeah, let's just jab them. Because <laughs> and possession of marijuana. <laughs> and you had five grams of marijuana. And that's really what we're going after because marijuana is the devil. <laughs> and for jaywalking. <laughs> so he so was, ridiculous. He was sentenced to death on march 22nd of 1981 and he would respond to people's letters at first from outside of prison um and he would sign these letters as pliers ew yeah after the tool he used i was like not even i would have done like ice pick killer yeah i was gonna say i feel like pliers pliers aren't even like what What about like pliers killer like or maybe i think ice i think ice Ice was more like what people are like about though like that's what i would probably go for yeah no every time you say ice pick now i like my my ear your head like twitches over you break your neck i like (laughs) cover my ears So, in later years, Lawrence starts ha- starts to talk about how he feels emotion for the first time ever. <laughs> okay. Okay. Really? At age 65? Shut up. Yeah, fuck off. So, he calls it a damn breaking, and he also calls this becoming fully human. Let me guess, he also found God? <laughs> no, he didn't. Not that I know <laughs> of, but I, I could definitely see that. He joined the in. church. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a preacher. <laughs> So in the Peacock documentary, the interviewer go or he says to the interviewer, do you know what it's like to stick? A, and, and obviously she she fucking doesn't. It's a rhetorical question yeah. to stick an ice pick in someone's ear and not feel anything. She's like, you know what? Yeah. She's like, ah, that's weird. I don't No, She's just like, well, to be honest. Yes, I do. <laughs> Stays between us. OK. All right. Lawrence, <laughs> All right. You and me. Thing, your, okay? your word against mine. OK, buddy. <laughs> okay, you're the one in jail. I'm not. <laughs> And an, an initial execution date was set for December 29th of 1989, uh, which Bitteker appealed and the U.S. Supreme Court upheld the decision. And they set a new execution date of July 23rd of 1991. Like, what a waste of everyone's so like two time. years later. So much paper. Mm-hmm. You know how many trees died for all this paperwork? Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. For two years to get a pushback. 
Bittaker appealed again, and only this time, on July 9th, 1991, the court granted a stay. June 2018th, after 37 years on death row, Bittaker calls the interviewer from Peacock, her name's Laura Brandt, and he finds out that he has cancer. So she pulls out her notes, and the, remember, the remains of Cindy and Andrea haven't been found yet. No, I didn't remember that. Okay. Um, and they're in person, so they're having like in-person interviews. Ooh. He grabs her notes, and before she can move, he drew a map and tells her that Roy had initially given her the wrong, lo- or the detectives, the wrong location of the two bodies. Well, to be and fair, Roy probably just didn't remember because he's fucking dumb. <laughs> and the only thing that kind of trips me up is that they're only a mile off from where Roy, Roy, uh, like, so they didn't look that So I hard. truly think he might have just forgot. Do and it, right. it kind of bugs me that they never searched that area. Right? If it was only a mile away. Yeah, they searched near there, but not that area. <laughs> They're like, within a it's yard. It's a mile. Within a yard, we will search. Even if you had said 10, I'd be like, all right, I guess that makes sense. A, a mile. mile. Yeah, that's not far enough. So, I can walk a mile pretty easily. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they were, thanks to this peacock documentary they were able at uh, the peacock interviewer or just the interviewer. hey this is a plug for peacock by the way Illy peacock please sponsor us <laughs> <laughs> they were finally able to bring cindy and andrea home oh, after so, 37 years he said mm-hmm. that's great so um like i said he doesn't actually die from the death penalty one night he has a series of heart attacks because he was popping heart medicine like crazy. And he starts to process what he's done. And on Friday the 19th, it just all becomes... Or Friday the 13th, I'm sorry. It all becomes no. too much. He on dies on Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th of 2019, he passed away at the age of 79. Roy Norris, then at the age of 72, he dies within two and a half months after uh, Lawrence of natural causes. super weird. So it's interesting you say that because a lot of people did call them soulmates. Like they didn't have anyone I mean, else. Fair. And they say they died like an old married couple. Like they couldn't well, live without each other. I was going to say this, like, this is like a like, really They just don't have soulmate. a will to yeah. live anymore. Oh my God. And it's crazy because they weren't staying at the same like prison, right? No. I would hope that they. I don't think so. I would hope they separated these fucking yeah, losers. Let's hope so. I'm or sure else they they're do. just going to keep on going on making jewelry together. <laughs> Should we sell friendship bracelets? <laughs> That's the end of this episode. That was fucking insane. This was really, really good. And I can't believe that no one talks about this. Ooh. This was fun. This was really good. Thanks. Like, Thanks. Definitely your, our best one yet. Thanks. <laughs> but we will end this on a regular note. Yeah. Macy, pl- plug us up. All right. Because um, I don't it. remember. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram. It's janedoes.podcast. Bitches. I do know the Gmail. Send us a Gmail because we still haven't fucking got one. I swear to God. And it's if, just TikTok. Sorry, but if you're our mothers. Where are you? I'm just kidding. My, I, my mom did send us one. No, I know. But like send us another one. But like another one would be nice. Okay. Send us a Gmail. At janedoespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on TikTok. I've been like trying to fucking post shit and whatever. Uh, follow cool. us. It's Shane Does Podcast. Is that all we have? Um, I think that's it, right? Venmo us. No. <laughs> but anyways, thanks guys for being here. And we fucking hate you. We hate you so always. fucking much. <laughs>